Welcome to the Times Are Changing podcast. My name is Chase. I'm joined here with Zach. We are the COO and CEO of Golden Aspect. This is a podcast about cutting edge strategies in digital and social media marketing. In today's episode, we're going to explain what makes a great photo or video on social media. We're also going to talk about the larger importance of maintaining a consistent brand image on social for your business. Without any further ado, let's jump right in. All right, so this is the episode everyone's been waiting for, where we finally get into some of the creative, some of the interesting stuff. Obviously, everyone's probably posted a photo or maybe even a video, if you're crazy, on uh, social media before. But in this in this podcast, we really want to jump into, okay, if you're trying to run a social media account for a business, something that generally offers a product or a service, what does that look like? What are some of the best ways to produce content? And how are you able to sort of elevate your creative from the rest of the pack and able to compete with obviously people who are promoting their own personal brands. And so that's something that we really want to hone in on. And we're going to talk about how you do that first with photos, then with videos, and then with your brand as a whole. Zach, you want to talk a little bit about photos and how to make the best photos on social media? So right off the bat, as I'm sure anybody who spent any time on social media has noticed, photos have absolutely taken over the world by storm. When you think of Instagram, you think of photos of your friends or anything else. You think of Facebook. The highest shared piece of content on Facebook is photos. Photos are all over the place, and people are posting them all the time. But there's a couple of little things that you can do that will greatly aid in your ability to grow your account and a couple things that you really want to watch out for that could really screw some of your posts in terms of getting out, reaching more people, and driving more engagement. The number one thing that we see people doing when posting photos on social media that is generally a big no-no is posting photos that are taken horizontally. So anything that's like landscape format If you're from second grade, you know, like the hamburger style of the piece of paper, you don't want to be doing that. Basically, what happens when you post a photo that's oriented in the landscape or horizontal fashion on social media, most people on social media are on their phones, on a mobile device that the screen is vertical, right? There's not a whole lot of horizontal space there. So while Instagram and Facebook and all these places let you post these horizontal images, when people or your viewers or your followers are scrolling through their feed, those images are going to be squished because they're limited by the horizontal space of the screen of the viewer. So say in somebody's Instagram feed, a horizontal image might take up literally less than half of the space on the person's screen as say a square or vertically framed image might because there's just it just fits better on their screen. So when it comes to posting photos on social media, the number one thing that we suggest is steer clear of posting horizontal images if you can. Any image that is square or vertically formatted is going to have a much better chance of performing well on social media. The main reason for this is that if people are scrolling through their feeds really quickly and your image is less than half the size of most of the other images that they're being shown, chances are 
they might just scroll right past it. Or even if they stop on it for half a second, like most people typically do when scrolling through their feeds, it's going to be a lot harder for them to notice any of the detail in that image or the stuff that you're trying to convey. It's not going to be as eye-grabbing as an image that takes up most of their screen like a vertical image would. Yeah, it's really interesting as a photographer. I've done photography for a number of years. And sort of the impact that social has had on the industry as a whole is really quite interesting. I mean, back in the day, obviously, vertical photos were important. Obviously, they had their place. But now, vertical photos, I would say, in many ways, have surpassed the value of horizontal photos. Now, that's not to say there isn't places for horizontal photos. Obviously, websites are a great example. I mean, people still use computers. They're still definitely platforms and mediums where horizontal photos are, are necessary and personally I think they look better but when it comes to social media they they most definitely do not and the fact that you know if you look at any phone it's just incredibly vertical and it's the same thing with these social media platforms they've adapted to fit the form factor of these devices and the reality is that vertical images have kind of just taken over. And the vast, vast majority of content that's being consumed is on mobile. And so that's just kind of how things have fallen into place over the past couple of years. I mean, Instagram, for a long time, didn't even have different size options. It was just posting a bunch of squares. And then eventually they started to let you post, you know, both horizontal and more vertical images. And obviously the reason they did this is they just realized you're just going to get more engagement with these vertical photos and the people that sort of figured out that process are going to get more engagement. And so, like Zach said, when you're scrolling through the feed, having just more screen space just drastically increases your chance of anyone scrolling, finding your image. It also lets you put more content on there. You just have more space. It's, you know, again, from a photographer's perspective, it's kind of a different lens. It's kind of a different perspective you have to look at when you're taking photos. And that's why it's really important if you are shooting for social media, you have to shoot with a different, an entirely different perspective than you would if you're doing a photo shoot for a website or for some other platform where you are going to have horizontal photos. And you have to think about, okay, it, it's just like an entirely different process. The things you want to include, the things you want to emphasize, you got to be very intentional with it. And one of the biggest things we always see is that, especially with businesses, they're always reposting other content that wasn't taken directly for social. And you'll realize that while social content can be pretty well purposed for other projects, it doesn't really work the other way around. And so a lot of times you'll end up with these, you know, horizontal, I don't know, like event flyer photos and stuff with tons of text and a bunch of other stuff that just isn't really very useful. And it's very clear. And so it's really important when you're producing content for social that you make something vertical, you make something engaging, and uh, and obviously you don't put too much text on it. I'm really glad you brought that up, Chase, because text is the next thing on the list of, of big no-nos that you want to avoid when it comes to posting images on social media. I mean, right off the bat, if you're looking to run a paid ad campaign through Facebook, your ads will automatically be declined if more than 15% of the surface area of the image is taken up by text. So the companies are setting the standard right there. Nobody wants to look at an image that's just a bunch of words. Especially in this day and age when so many people scroll through these social platforms with 
a built-in ad blocker turned on in their brain, right? I'm sure if you scroll through Instagram, you see the ads before you even recognize that they're actually ads and you just scroll right past them because you're so accustomed to seeing them all the time. You don't want to be putting your company's posts in with that group of posts that people are just going to be skipping because it's a bunch of aggressive text. It's not a good idea, especially if you're going to be putting out flyers and stuff like that, which is mostly text. I mean, people don't go on Instagram to read images. They go on there to look at images. (laughs) But if you are going to put some text on your image, there's a couple things that you should keep in mind, because it's not always a terrible idea, especially if it's done tastefully and sparingly. The main thing you want to keep in mind is that it fits the overall theme of your image and doesn't take away from the main point of attention. You should never rely on text in an image to draw somebody into your post. That's what your content is for. That's why your image should be eye-catching alone in and of itself. If you have to use text or you're really convinced that you should be using text on the image, use it sparingly and tastefully to further elaborate on your point once the viewer is already hooked by the really cool picture that you already posted. Yeah, the standards for content on social media these days are just they're truthfully really high and especially for photos just because there's so many more photos than there are videos which is the next thing we're going to talk about but when it comes to creating photos you really have to push the boundaries it's not just enough to produce professional content obviously professional content helps but almost if done too well if it looks too professional and too sort of perfect and it's not an ad it often will get scrolled past and Honestly, a lot of younger people probably won't even pay attention to it. And so the the standards for social media content, it's highly dependent on your business and what you're trying to portray, but it's not as clear cut as, oh, you know, we need a nice camera. We need to take nice photos. That's not really enough anymore. You really have to think creatively about, okay, what is the approach we're going to take? What are the styles of photos that we're going to use? Which ones work the best? Obviously, a little bit of trial and error is extremely important. And what what are what are the reasons that people are following us for? That's one of the biggest ones is whenever you're posting something, whenever you're posting a photo, you have to think a lot about, okay, I have followers and they want to see you know, blank. They're following me for blank. And when you think about the the types of content that you're posting, you need to have it related to that. And the actual content itself needs to be very high quality. And like we said, that word can mean a lot of different things, but it needs to be professionally done in some capacity. And it also needs to be engaging. And so it's a very tricky, like case by case basis. It's It's something that we can't really give entirely general advice for because there's just so many good images out there. It's not enough to have just a purely good photo. You really need to create a type of content, a type of photo content that really connects with your business and is really interesting for people that are following you. While also making sure that it's not just a poorly framed photo with bad lighting taken on your iPhone, I will say. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. There, there There are standards, there are standards. But there is a lot of creative play, which I think is something that's cool about social media. It's a very interesting platform where there's a lot of you know creative freedom to do to do different things. But yeah, like Zach said, I mean there are standards, and and it is important, especially if you are a brand, you need to maintain a level of professionality, and that's something we'll talk about too. That's very important. Um, but before we do that, I think 
we should jump into videos because there's a lot to be said on videos as well. And I think we've covered enough tips about photos. There's probably a million things we could go over, but just for the sake of this podcast, uh, we'll, we'll cut it off there and let's talk a little bit more about everything that videos have to offer because it really is quite incredible, the contrast between these two. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people and brands tend to shy away from doing videos specifically for social media because they can be expensive to produce and really time consuming to do it right. But there's a significant opportunity in the social media world if you have the ability to put out consistent video content. Right off the bat, videos are always, always better for engagement on every single platform than photos. It doesn't matter. They always perform better, which makes them absolutely critical to the growth of any social media account, especially if you're trying to grow a brand from a small social media following or even from scratch. It's going to be really difficult to do that with just photos alone, and you'll significantly improve your chances of finding legitimate success by having video content up on your page. Now, like I said, Having a video up is pretty much always better than just posting a photo, but the quality of that video also has a huge impact on its success. Yeah, the videos videos and social media are really the low-hanging fruit for just about every account, whether you're a personal brand or a business, but especially for businesses. It's something that we see constantly not taken enough advantage of, and like Zach said, it certainly can be time-consuming and expensive, that's certainly a big barrier and probably the main reason why most brands aren't doing it. But it also serves probably the easiest way to like instantly boost your social accounts and instantly boost engagement is creating these types of videos that are specifically made for social. And like Zach said as well, it's very important that these are specifically crafted to social and do have sort of high quality standards. And one of the biggest things that you can do right off the bat is always remember that you have roughly three to five seconds at most, assuming that you're you're getting someone that's actually looking at your video. You got about three to five seconds to hook that person and get them to continue watching or they're gonna scroll down and move on to other content. And so with that in mind, that's one of the biggest reasons why almost any other type of content or video you're producing just will not work on social because a lot of them start with very long intros And so if you're creating a video for social, it absolutely needs to be the most engaging three to five seconds you've ever seen in your life. And there's a lot of ways you can do that. There's no like reliable way to do so. It totally depends on your brand and what you're trying to do. And there's honestly a lot of ways you can do it. It's it's something that you can accomplish in a variety of different ways. I would say in general, it's very good to have quick cuts. It's very good to have something engaging um that people you know like visually engaging that people want to look at that's going to capture their eye one of the worst things you could do in general is to start a video with like a logo or start a video with some like massive text blurb start a video with anything that people aren't going to be immediately drawn to and want to learn more about you got to really think hard about those first three to five seconds and and from there you got a pretty good shot at making a solid video as long as you're going about it in the right way I do want to throw one thing out there. People have seen enough ads with guys saying, hey, wait, hear me out in the first few seconds of the video. It doesn't work at this point. 
it's not going to work. So like Chase said, focus in on those those quick cuts, those really engaging visuals. And another important thing to remember is the fact that a lot of the time when people are scrolling through their feeds, they might very well not have their sound on. So even if somebody wants to watch a video, they might miss the first couple seconds. So don't rely specifically on audio cues to draw your audience in either. Focus on that visual. Give them something interesting to look at. Like Chase said, fast pace in those first couple seconds where they're going to be hooked just long enough to make it to that 10 second mark. Because chances are, if they do, they'll continue watching the rest of the video. It's those first three to five seconds that are the most difficult. Yeah, it's a really good point about audio. That's something that a lot of people overlook. We see that a lot with our clients is they want to focus on the audio. And at the end of the day, almost no one's going to hear it. That also does bring up a point where subtitles are also super important. And don't discount subtitles either. I see a lot of people don't think subtitles work or aren't necessary. But subtitles are also a really good way to engage people because people are drawn to read subtitles. It's just like a mental thing. People want to see what it says. And so if you have subtitles at the beginning of your video, that can also be a really good way to draw people in because they'll start reading. And if what you have in your subtitle is worth you know, hearing more about, then you're probably going to be able to hook them. But like Zach said, you should basically always assume that no one's ever going to listen to your video. And so in that way, if you do have any audio, it, it shouldn't be the most important part. And if you do have anyone speaking, it's very important to have subtitles. Otherwise, you can pretty much count that most people aren't going to keep watching. They don't want to turn on their sound just to hear what you have to say. Another really important thing to think about, just like exactly what we talked about with photos, most videos that are shot for, you know, anything else in the world, like TVs, YouTube, websites, are all shot horizontally, because that's where most videos are viewed. However, social media, we run into the same issue that we run into with photos. Horizontal videos get squished, they don't take up a lot of space. And this is where creating videos specifically for social media, with social media in mind, becomes really, really important in your ability to grow your accounts. Now, posting a horizontal video very well might perform better than if you were to just post an image. However, at that point, you're still not getting the most bang for your buck. If you take the extra couple seconds and reformat that video to make it square or vertical, you're gonna be getting so much more engagement for all the reasons that we talked about earlier. It's gonna take up so much more screen on the people's devices that are watching the video as they're scrolling through their feed. If you have a vertical video, not a lot of people are doing that right now. It stands out and it shows that that video was meant specifically for social media. And that's why it will always, always perform better. Yeah, it's actually really interesting. It's a good point you bring up there, Zach. Vertical videos, like truly vertical videos, even more than square, uh, because you can get away with even more than square for your videos. Instagram's pretty, like, I don't know what the exact ratio is off the top of my head, but you can get away with like pretty vertical videos. And it's actually not something I see taken advantage of as much as you might think. I would say that's still, even in today's world, a big opportunity. And I've also noticed sort of in just the videography world in general, there hasn't been as much of a push towards verticality, just simply because I think most cinematography heads just hate it. <laughs> Understandably so from a cinematography perspective, but from an engagement and from a social media perspective, truly vertical videos crafted for social have a really big potential still in this space. And that's something that really, really we'd recommend um, looking at. 
and that kind of leads into what exactly should those videos look like. And this is a part where we'd love to give more specific advice because there's a lot that you can do with sort of each brand, but it's very hard to give super general advice and we're gonna do our best here. Um, this is something that we'd love to, to do more for anybody's brand. We do offer, shameless plug here, but we do offer social media audits where we can suggest stuff like this if you're if you're interested, um, but sort of at a general level, generally uh, it's best to mix sort of professionally edited product and service videos with also more personalized videos. So what do I mean by this? Well, if you sell, let's say clothes, very boring, but you you sell clothes, you're gonna want to mix some videos of the clothes of people in the clothes that's sort of cinematic kind of you know in, in your head it might be seem a little bit boring but it basically confirms the credibility of your brand it's very like i said professionally done it's engaging um you know it's got some nice lens flares it's kind of the typical thing that you would see on social media but that's important to include because you need to be very careful in videos that you're not downgrading the quality of your brand. It's much easier to create a professional photo than it is a video. And if you have some low quality photos that are showing off your products, it's gonna severely diminish those the, the value of, of those products in, in the eyes of, of potential customers that are looking at it. And so that's why it's really important to throw in those professional product videos, because even though they kind of seem redundant and unnecessary, when people actually go to purchase, they will appreciate having seen those and they'll they'll trust you a lot more. But that also means that in between those videos, you all should be coming up with a, a personalized style of video. Now, we highly, highly recommend that you get at least a couple people in your business that are willing to be on camera and that can interact. We found this to be across the board. The most successful type of video is anything with a person, with a group of people, but generally one to two people at most someone where they can you know speak you can put some subtitles they can talk a little about things ideally it'd be something that's funny um, those are always a bonus if you can create genuinely funny content for your brand you're gonna explode on social media and videos are by far the easiest way to do that it's very hard it's very hard to be uh, original and funny with a photo so there's a lot more play in the videos there's a lot more options of stuff to do and it's really a case-by-case -case basis and so we can't give too much, unfortunately, we can't give too much specific advice on this, but in general, you need to maintain a high level of professionality and displaying your products and services in a, in a really positive light, but also, you know, showing, showing the people, um, showing your followers who you are, who your what your business is like, some of your employees, um, and that kind of thing. And in general, those two things paired together are a good place to start. And again, it's it's just very dependent on your business, but those two components are probably a good place to start. Developing the right like style and tone for the videos that are gonna do really well on your page will most likely take some time. But that's why it's important to try out all of these different angles that we're laying out for you right now, and then measure the engagement on each of your video posts. Get creative with it. Try a bunch of different things. Like Chase said, I mean, we've seen across the board, every social account we've ever managed, things with people connected to them just tend to perform better. People like seeing other people more than li they like seeing just random product shots. You know, people like seeing a photo of a guy wearing a shirt versus just a shirt on a white background and that kind of stuff. But yeah, get creative with it. Have some fun. Over time, you'll be able to 
come up with an understanding about what types of content are going to work best for you in your business and for your brand. This episode of Times Are Changing is brought to you by Golden Aspect, our company. We're a digital media and marketing agency that specializes in a one contact for everything social approach and completely integrated marketing campaigns. We emphasize high touch, strong client relationships, and fully integrated marketing approaches. Each of our marketers are proficient in every service we offer and are reachable seven days a week by text or call. This reliable communication and interaction with your business ensures your contact will be equipped to handle anything you need anytime you need it. If you want to learn more about what Golden Aspect can do for your business or a friend's business, please feel free to check out our website, www.goldenaspect.com. That is www.goldenaspect.com. So maintaining a consistent brand image on social media is equally important as it would be in any other space. Same thing as a physical store location. You want everything to always look up to date. You want to make sure that it looks like someone's been there and been doing some stuff. You don't want your Instagram to look like a bunch of you know random photos that haven't been updated in two or three years. This is something we see far too much with brands. And it also means that you're just not posting in general, which is terrible. But even with brands we see that are posting, it's very important to maintain that consistency. You have to have a consistent type of content that you're posting, and it needs to look consistent. It needs to look coherent. It needs to kind of tie in to your company and what your company is all about and what your company generally looks like. It needs to carry that right vibe and tone that the rest of your company does. And in addition, it's also very important that you kind of shore up and fix up all of your social media platforms. Don't just go into Instagram. I know we talk a lot about Instagram and Facebook specifically, but it's also very important that your Twitter and your LinkedIn and all those other platforms and YouTube, that those are all updated as well because you never know where people are gonna stumble across your brand and you want it to look like it's actually the same business on every platform. So that means making sure you're at least posting on there semi-consistently and that it looks like you know someone's been around, someone's been updating it, and it doesn't look like a completely separate business. And if you're struggling to maintain a coherent look on your social media, it, one of the easiest ways to do that is by thinking about color palettes. So think about the general colors that your company uses. These are generally found in the logo, whatever you are using on the website you want to think about those as colors to emphasize in your posts. Now, I wouldn't go so far as to say that every post has to have the exact same profile. I know there's a fair amount of larger companies that go that route, and it may be working for them, but I wouldn't go so far as to say you should only have you know blue and green and white in every single one of your posts. Like You don't have to go that far, but it's important to emphasize and to think, okay, when I'm editing this photo, or if you're getting you know, photos edited for, you think about, okay, what is, what is most aligned with the brand and how in subtle ways can we sort of maintain coherence in, in the sort of colors that we're using? Color palette is, is an important one to keep in the back of your mind when you're creating content and trying to maintain that coherence. A gr- another great way to think about it is think about the feel of the colors in the images. Like if you're selling toys for kids, You don't want your images to be all like, you know, the toy on like a black background and everything is really dark, like, because that's sad or scary. Like, just use some common sense. Look at the images. What is the knee-jerk 
emotion that you get from looking at this image? How does that relate to the emotions that your brand is trying to instill in all of its potential customers? You want to keep all of that stuff consistent. An easy way to go about thinking about your content from a holistic perspective and to take all these different things into account is to use content calendars. This is a practice that we use with all of our clients and it involves laying out at minimum an entire weeks of posts in advance. You get to look at all of the images or videos that you may be uploading that week. You write out all of the captions ahead of time. You get all of your hashtags and locations and tags done ahead of time. And it allows you to look at this whole next week and say, okay, how does this look? How does this fit together? How does this fit the brand image? Look at the captions that you're writing. Do they have a similar tone? Are they relevant to the images and videos that they're going with? You should be able to take a handful of captions from any point in your social media and draw out your brand's overarching themes from those captions. Now, I'm not saying that they all have to be the same or identical formats or anything like that, but the central ideas, the central feeling, the vibe should be consistent across the board. And that's how people are going to start to associate your posts when they pop up in their feed with your brand. Yeah, you need to be able to have your post to a point where pretty much anyone that's following you is going to immediately recognize that it's your content when it's posted. And ideally, it's also engaging. They don't just scroll past it. But that's a really good place to be in where people know exactly you know who you are and what you're posting. And that probably also means they got at least a, a general basic understanding of your business, which is great for acquiring future potential customers. And like Zach said, I, mean, I can't emphasize enough the importance of content calendars. I think most people are fairly familiar with this concept. But it also is something to consider if you are doing content calendars, you may want to rethink the time scale at which you do them because there's kind of two ways to look at this. If you do like a longer content calendar, say like a month or so, then you're going to be able to really lay out that exact look. You're able to really plan, okay, this is exactly what our content's going to look like and you're able to maintain that sort of consistent look. At the same time, though, it's also very important to be timely on social media. And so by having more of a weekly calendar, it's going to be a little bit harder to maintain that coherence over time. But in that way, you're also going to be more up to date with stuff that's happening. And this is totally off topic for this, but it is very important to be timely on social media. And that should play into how you think about planning content ahead of time with these content calendars is is keeping in mind that sometimes things change and you need to be more flexible with your posts. But at least planning stuff a week in advance will ensure that overall in general, you're going to be able to be getting out a, a coherent message and coherent looking posts in an organized and reliable way. So when you decide to pick an approach for your brand social media, which is an extremely important thing to do in the first place, might I add, but once you decide on an approach to, to try, you need to try it for at minimum like two to three months because that will give you enough data to sort of analyze the results, see which types of posts in that batch are working best and sort of refine on those posts if it seems like the strategy is working. If it seems like the strategy is not working at all, then maybe it's time to rethink another approach and go for another couple months. But it's very important that you don't just try, you know, oh, we're gonna try this type of video or we're gonna try this type of photo and do it once or twice and then decide if it works or not. You need to give it more time. You need to give your audience time to adjust and then you need to see how they react over the long term. 
And so I'd say at a minimum, two to three months is a good time to see if the strategy is working. By then, it should be pretty clear if you're on the right path or not. And at that point, it's good to review and say, okay, moving forward, what should we change? What do we need to optimize? What types of posts? What types of things? You know, you can also look back on what you posted and say, hey, are we maintaining coherence? Does this look like the brand we want to portray? Do, does all this make sense? And, and what do we want to change? But don't make those decisions on a day-to-day -day basis or, or it's not going to work out well in, in the long term. And I do want to just mention on the flip side of that, obviously, I agree with everything that Chase said. However, it feeds into the greater idea of needing to be able to be flexible on social media and with your marketing plans. If you try something out for four, five, six months, you're going down this road and it is not performing in the way that you want it to be, it's just not working, it might just not be working. In which case, you need to be able to kill your darlings, cut your losses, and start again. Try out a different change things, figure out what wasn't working, learn from your mistakes and move forward. And that's an ideology that we apply to everything that we do with social media. Obviously, it's super important to make sure that you give plans and ideas time to actually play out in the market. But at a certain point, you don't want to keep going just because you've been going for so long. And I think that applies to every aspect of social media. Yeah, that's a good point you make, Zach, about maintaining short term and like day-to-day -day flexibility and and that's something i probably should have elaborated a little bit more on it's it's a tricky balance it really is because you you don't want to make too many you know short-term day-to-day changes because over the long term it's going to mess with your with your overall strategy but you're right there is a lot of things that are constantly changing on social media and so you sh you should definitely not you know set two to three months of content ready to go and then kick back and review at the end you should be reviewing along the way but as sort of a, an overall strategy, you do want to give things time to play out. And and obviously, you know, short term, there are little changes that you can make. But in terms of overall brand coherence, it's really important that you give it a little bit more time to play out and then analyze the results and, and move on from there. So switching gears a little bit more back to the specifics of getting some of these posts out, I want to say again, do not overutilize text in your photos or videos. That's why captions exist. They have them there for a reason. But more specifically, don't make your captions too long. Nobody wants to read a 2,000 word essay when they're scrolling through their Instagram feed. It's important to keep your captions concise but informative. It can be tempting to post flyers or other text-heavy announcements as photos on your social media platforms. But I can tell you right now, that is a huge mistake. It's going to break up the entire look of your feed. And it's also going to go against all of the consistency that we've been preaching and that you've hopefully been implementing in your posts. If somebody's scrolling through their feed, they're used to your posts looking a certain way, sounding a certain way, and then they just get slapped with this big old you know, flyer, it's just a bunch of text. I mean, chances are they might not even recognize that it was yours. I can basically promise you right now that if you have a solid strategy going and you post a flyer that has a ton of text on it as a photo on your social media accounts, it will guaranteed get less engagement than your previous posts. And that's also going to have a significant adverse effect on any momentum that you are building up to that point. 
if you really want to put something up in, that is you know applicable to a flyer or an event or something that might be a text-heavy image, instead of just posting that image of all of the text, choose a relevant photo. Choose something eye-grabbing that is relevant to the event or to the special or whatever else you're trying to advertise, and then put all of that information in the caption in the most concise way that you can possibly do it while still getting all of that relevant stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, the impacts of having bad creative are definitely going to hurt your brand organically, and it's also going to undermine your ROI when you're doing paid ads. Now, we didn't talk too much about paid ads, but as we wrap up here, we want to circle this back into sort of the digital marketing space because ultimately that is a really important thing to remember as well, that all the stuff that we said here pretty much goes the same for paid ads. There's a few exceptions here and there. It totally depends on the product or service that you're trying to sell, but for the most part, these same rules apply and having a bad creative, it's going to hurt your brand organically, but it's going to hurt a lot worse monetarily if you're running ads with a bad creative that's not successful. And and that's only one of the possible ways that obviously a paid ad could be unsuccessful. But oftentimes that might be at the root of the problem because you can have the best targeting and the best caption and the best and the best placements and all of that. But if at the end of the day, what you're promoting is not engaging and people don't like the photo or video that you're using, you're going to see terrible results. And that's why it's really important that you split test uh, your creative. We did a podcast on split testing in general. General, but it's also very important that when you're running a paid ad campaign that you're also split testing your creative because at the end of the day it comes down to just about anything could affect your results but the creative in a large way could really be holding you back from achieving a much higher return on your ads and that's exactly why you never want to lock yourself into an ad campaign with just one video, right? Like let's say you have a video professionally done for this product that you're going to be launching and you're running a Facebook ads campaign with it. And yeah, this is all great. Except like Chase said, doesn't matter how great the product is, doesn't matter how great the targeting is. If the video doesn't connect with that audience, you're not going to sell any of that product. So that's why it's super, super important to test multiple creatives. Even if you just take that one video and re-edit it in a couple different orders, like changing the clips around, testing that first clip that shows the first three to five seconds. Because remember, that's the most crucial bit. So testing a couple different videos with maybe different hooks in the beginning. If you lock yourself in with just one creative for your ad campaign, you'll never know if your ad is truly working as best as it can be. You'll never know if you could be getting more money back for your dollar because you're not testing anything else. Yeah, it's really important that you don't rely on your intuition for this kind of stuff. Obviously with the creative, you have a little bit of a better sense for what's what's good. Like you could tell the difference between a good and a bad video, but sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between a good and a great video. And so that's like what Zach said, it's very important to try different versions, even if it is just different cuts and different versions of the same video. And it's very important that you let Facebook or whatever Instagram or whatever other platform you're using, let them decide what 
creative is driving the most engagement. And a lot of the times it will come down to which one has the most interesting couple of seconds. That's a pretty good hint. If the first couple of seconds of your ad aren't really that interesting, it's probably gonna drag you down. But it's very important to rely on the data. Don't rely on your intuition entirely when it comes to the creative because you're never quite sure what's gonna work. And if you're not, like Zach said, if you're not multiple, if you're not testing multiple different creatives, you're never really gonna know if it's the best. And you're never going to know what, what you could have had instead. So even if it takes a little bit more time, I know sometimes it's very difficult to produce multiple types of creative. It's probably the most labor-intensive part. But at the same time, the results can be massive. So it's definitely, definitely something worth putting your time into. And that is about where we're going to wrap things up for today. Make sure you follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We upload weekly episodes every Tuesday. If you're interested in reading our newsletter, please visit our website at goldenaspect.com slash times are changing. That is goldenaspect.com slash times are changing. Thank you all so much for listening to this edition of the Times Are Changing podcast, and we'll see you all next week. If you enjoyed listening to this week's podcast, please check us out on social media, Instagram at Golden Aspect Media. If you want to learn more about what our company can do for your business, please check out our website, www.goldenaspect.com. We offer everything from content creation, social media account management, to digital ad marketing campaigns. Look, if you made it this far, you're obviously interested in this stuff. And are you doing it? Is your company doing it? If you're not, you really should be because you're missing out and we're here to help. So send us a message, send us an email, give us a call. We'll be here ready to help. Take care.